Hello Sagittarius friends, I'm Annie Botticelli and welcome to my Sagittarius March 2024 Astrology Horoscope Forecast. This is for you if Sagittarius is your sun sign, your moon sign, your rising sign, or any other Sag placement you're listening for, what I'm going to talk about here is part of your astrological picture. And if you're a very late degree Sagittarius friends, like 23 degree placement through the rest of the sign or birthdays around December 15th through the rest of the sign, which I'm right there with you, then I suggest you additionally listen to my Capricorn report as your very late degree friends will benefit from both readings. I'm calling the theme of this month, March Eclipse Magic. Your star report here is going to be unveiled for March and the implications of these energetics definitely start before March and will go after as well. Whenever we're talking about eclipse time, we're talking about longer time frames than the actual eclipse itself, longer time frames than the month itself. Uh, there are a lot of things to talk about here, a lot of layers, but besides the eclipse, there are also other things to talk about. So I'm going to give you a very comprehensive layered uh, report here in order to help you make the most of the possibilities and to align with the natural rhythms of the universe so that you can have the most ease and grace as possible. That is my intention for you. So let's just take a piece by piece here with some important notes that will build the picture of this month to help you understand all of these factors. We've got more than double the sweet aspects this month. We don't have a very busy sky from the perspective of planets getting together in mathematical configurations that are noteworthy. Um, so it's you know a lot less busy than usual in that way which is good because the eclipse brings its own intensity. We don't need to have that. And the most of the uh, connections that are happening are sweet. So the planets are getting along, the aspects are great, and there's definitely a lot to celebrate. That's one layer of the month that is definitely true. Something else very important to know is that we're still in, but we'll be closing out within this month, that beautiful open period free from personal planet retrogrades that started January 21st. So through March 20th, we've got the green light from not only the personal planets, but also the outer planets. The outer planets are also all going direct. They started going direct January 27th and will continue going direct till May 2nd. But there's a window here that even though after March 20th, you still have you know, about six weeks before the person or the outer planets start going retrograde, um, there's a more powerful window when the inner planets are on board. Okay, so this is, um, you know, something that's really noteworthy if you have to do something important, um, like make a big purchase, make a big sale, make a commitment, move, you know, launch a business, launch a, you know, a, a leg of your business, get a new job. And buy a new vehicle or, or any other kind of purchase. Uh, anything having to do with scheduling or planning or trips or events or, you know, bringing your life work out into the world. You've got this beautiful window and it's really wide open. March 20th, the um, tides start to shift and you will notice it. Okay, so from March 1st to the 20th, as we're focusing on March now, just do all the stuff you can. It's a time to actively weave your webs. I always like to use this analogy to help us know the flow of what's going on. This is a time for active web weaving. Weave them all over the place, all over the world if you have to. And then around March 20th, you start to get closer to the web you want to hang out in. And then as you know, we get towards the end of March into April and get into the retrograde, then 
your the best thing to do is to hang out in your web and see what comes to you okay the active time the direct time is a time of actively going out and making things happen the retrograde time is a time to see what comes to you with what you've already created and beautiful things can roll in from your creations challenges or things that you have to edit or go back over can come in you can also liken this to being on a beach the go time until march 20th is the time to set your boats afloat to go out to sea without as much paddling and the time with the retrograde, the tides are coming in. So if you put something out to see, it'll come right back to you. So that's what we want to focus on with a birth date of something important. You want to have the tides out and going out as much as possible so that you, um, so it can go out far and wide, right? Because the closer to March 20th and then March 20th and after, things are really starting to, to come inward and backward. And it's a beautiful time. We can do a lot with that energy. It's just very different. So it's important to note that. Now, the star players here are the eclipses. So this is transformation time. Fortunately for Sages, we have an eclipse cycle that started in early 2023 and goes through the middle of 2025 that is in a favorable angle for our Sagittarius placements. Now that doesn't speak to how it affects your other placements because we have a lot of placements in our chart, but just strictly from the Sagittarius perspective, this air and fire um, eclipse storyline of Aries and Libra that will be in effect for two years, we're, you know, midway through it now, isn't a great angle for us. So this is, you know, part of this, well, I mean, this is the March um, eclipse magic that I'm talking about. So let's, let's do some layering around understanding the um, eclipses. So eclipses bring karmic experiences. They clear up karma. They help us come face to face with belief systems we've had, conscious or unconscious, to help us to be able to clear them out and create new positive belief systems. The belief systems we have, we tend to pass down to our people who are younger than us in our family. And so we tend to bring belief systems into a storyline of a hereditary situation, nature or nurture, I'm sure both of it's involved there. But the point is that as we have these eclipses and the dramas and the things and the challenges and the opportunities that come up, we have chances to go face to face with belief systems that we have that we're aware of or that we have that have been passed down to us that may have been unconscious. And we get to clear them out in favor of new belief systems and what we believe creates our lives. If we have negative or challenged beliefs, we will have imprints that come to us to dance with that, um, with that, to interface with that uh, belief system. So these are times where you get to clear out a lot of things. And a lot of this has to do with relationships. So what individuals are supposed to do, what responsibilities, you know, people are supposed to have, how people are supposed to show up in relationships, what are the social constructs for that? You know, what are the things in your culture for that? You know, all of these stories about you versus someone else, me versus we, as I like to call it, will be coming up over these couple of years. And now we're in a hot spot for that. So you'll see a lot of changes within your relationship space. There can be more autonomy that comes. There can be more collaboration that comes. There can be more independence, interdependence, clearing up of codependency or dealing with or seeing face-to-face -face the ramifications of codependency. Um, so basically, this is a time of wonderful empowerment, especially if you see it as such. This is a time to clear up old patterns within relationships that are not serving you. And this is a time where you can step onto a new path of vibrant, fiery, and airy expression that both that go great with our sign, um, you know, to create your best self and your best relationships. So it's very exciting, but it can be very intense. Dramatic endings, dramatic beginnings, tests, 
all of these things become stronger during eclipse season. Eclipse season starts four to six weeks before the actual eclipse. The actual first eclipse is at five degrees, a lunar eclipse at five degrees of Libra on March 25th. The second one is a solar eclipse at 19 degrees of Aries on April 8th. So these are, um, you know, hot points in a cycle that's two years. And this has to do with um, everything that we talked about, plus the location within your chart, which we're going to get to. To better understand the eclipse cycles and how they may manifest for you and the types of storylines that can come up and an ongoing evolution of your storylines within these is to look back to the times in the past when these eclipses happened before. So I told you we're doing 2023, early 2023 to mid 2025. Prior to that, 2014 to 2016, we had the same eclipse cycle. Prior to that, 2004 to 2006. Prior to that, 1995 to 1997, if you were around then. And so it doesn't mean that all the things that happened in those times will happen again, because remember, there are different planetary occurrences happening at each of those junctures that could have been influencing things that happened at those times as well. But the storylines, just pay attention to the storylines, you know, of the me, we, you know, and the other um, levels specific to the sign um, of the houses, you know, those storylines of of where those patterns of storyline happened in those time frames to give you a better understanding of what's in process now. All right, so now the Libra eclipses happen for Sagittarius in the 11th house. So this has to do with your friendships and your groups and your social circles. So something coming to a head with online groups or internet-based groups, something manifesting, something culminating, something being created or something that is old and needs to be redone, having to do with your place within the group and your place um, in, you know, the tribe. And this is going to be opposing this energy with Aries because there, there's a dance back and forth. We live on the planet of duality. If we were somewhere in the solar system, we could look out and point and say from our starry wise position, oh, that's the planet of duality. And from that place, we experience duality. And so maybe the whole solar system is like that, you know, but I don't think the whole universe is like that. This is a special story that we have here that we're working with. But you can see the duality that's intrinsic in the human experience with the polarized or the polarities of the signs that oppose each other and they work together and they work against each other and they flow and they pull and you know that's what's going on here so leo energy where the aries eclipse is going to be the fifth house has to do with your unique individual expression your loves and things that you want and things you want for yourself and your romance and your kids and your spark and your fire versus you within a group your contribution to the greater good and so there's a dance that's occurring here. But fortunately, it's in a nice angle for us, but you will see things that come up along those lines. If you want to understand the eclipses more, go to Andy Botticelli on my YouTube page, go to my eclipse playlist. Um, at some point at anniehelpsyou.com forward, forward slash eclipses, I will have a breakdown of which sign to look for which um, things and then have the playlist embedded there. I'm working on that. I don't know when that's going to happen. So if it's not there, then you can just find it on my YouTube channel, the Eclipse playlist, and you will look for Eclipses in Libra, 
or the or the um, seventh house because that also rules that eclipses in Aries, which is also the first house. Um, and then you'll want to look for eclipses in Aquarius or the eleventh house because that's the house that the Libra eclipse will be in. And then you want to look for eclipses in uh, Leo or the fifth house because that's the house that the other one will be in, and they'll all be influencing now. So. In January, things start to heat up. Imagine a pot kind of being on a very low simmer for the two years of the eclipse cycle. And then when it's January, it starts heating up a little bit. More chances for information and news and events will come. And then as we get to March, it's bubbling over and steaming. And then April, it's bubbling over steaming. And then it starts to kind of go down back to its low boil. You know, so there, anything can manifest at any time, but there are hot spots that build as you get right into these eclipses. And we're here now in March. Okay, so... I want to give you a few dates of note um, and how you may experience these energies. If you like the dates of note, I will refer you to someplace where you can see more of that. On March 9th, we have a Mars in Aquarius square Uranus and Taurus aspect. This is a nasty aspect. You know, I'm an optimist as being a Sagittarius. Um, I have a lot of Sag in my chart even difficult things, I always look for how we can make lemonade and I will continue to do that. But I do also want to let you know when these aspects occur so you can be careful. I'm likening this to a dog that is let off leash that tends to be violent um, on a certain street. If you know because a neighbor told you that there's a dog that tends to be there, maybe you won't walk your dog there, right? Or walk yourself there. And an ounce of prevention could be worth a pound of cure. So that's the point here is that in letting you know about these aspects, if you know there's some nastiness happening, not only can you avoid problems with more consciousness and care, but you also can understand what's happening when it's happening and the timeline so that you can count the days until it clears. Okay, so the days around March 9th, I'd say definitely at least five days before and after, so March 4th through March 14th, at least could see it a little bit more even outside of that zone. Um, you know, conflicts with the physical body, obsessiveness, anger, um, you know, with clashes and jostling. So, you know, it's it's pretty rough. Um, but we do have worked in there the new moon as well. And the new moon is in Pisces. You know what else is in Pisces? Is a whole bunch of other stuff. And that's something else that I want to talk about in the chart. So new moons are times for new wishes. Um, you can, you know, wish on the new moon and the universe is more receptive especially if you wish along the lines of things in line with the sign. This was taught to me by brilliant astrologer Jan Spiller, that if you align your new moon wishes with the energies of the sign that the new moon is in, it can it can amplify their, their manifestation. Okay, so Pisces, if you look at the chart, we've got a lot of energy in Pisces, long-term and short-term, okay? Saturn, the sun, Mercury. We're not going to talk about part of fortune, that'll switch fast. Hygieia, Neptune. Mars and Venus will get there this month as well. So it will be super crowded. Now, talk about layers. First thing to know here is that Pisces, for Sagittarius, ah, you know I'm an optimist, but God help me. This time of year, we get dogged, okay? There's a lot to celebrate and a lot to be excited about, but Pisces placements throw water on our fire, period. Bam, you know, just wet blankets right and left of, you know, hope, just ugh, really annoying, really, really annoying. And when we have a lot of it, it's extra annoying. So you will feel that. Now, if we want to be positive about it and look for the, the blessings, sometimes Sag energy needs to have water on it because we burn out of control and we need to rest. 
And if we don't rest, the cosmic forces will come in and make us rest. So if you know that by this time, you know, as the planets are doing their Pisces thing, this is also happening in February a little early, earlier than usual, then you might want to rest more. You know, there it is a time for action. It is a time for inspired action, which I'll get to. But, you know, you have to rest your physical body and you can't burn the candle at both edges. So the good thing about this is that it gives you permission to relax. It gives you permission to just have a dreamy space, a quiet space, a sacred space of retreat. And, um, you know, where you get more in touch with your feelings, you can do inner work, you can work on psychological things. Your family's gonna need a ton of attention. That's a very big thing to know now too. All of these energies square your placements and they're all gathered in the house of home. Okay, home and family. So you're gonna see that square. But back to the new moon wishes and the energetics of Pisces, things to wish for and things that you will see have to do with intuition, have to do with quiet ethereal inspiration, have to do with artistic endeavors that come from divine inspiration, that have to do with psychology and metaphysics and divine connections and spiritual um, you know, realizations and mystical happenings and synchronicity. And so making wishes along those lines will amplify them. Also, that's the energy that's present now. Now, as much as, I mean, I know very many Sagittarius, any sign can be super spiritual, right? This is, we are so much more than our sun sign. But sometimes Sages, we see bigger picture, and sometimes that lends itself to spiritual beliefs and spiritual connection. And a lot of times it lends itself to a lot of action and not always quiet reflection, right? Sages are not known for quiet reflection. So this energy is very much related to quiet reflection and the breakthroughs that happen when we take the time to be quiet and feel our feelings. So I've talked about the presence process by Michael Brown before. If you are noticing patterns in your life that have been going on forever and you want to make some headway on stopping those patterns, the process that he has in that book is very Piscean. It's very, very much in line with this energy of this quiet slowing down and us not wanting to, but it being good for us and then it being productive and it's centered around childhood psychology and family and patterns. And, you know, it, ju it just really well supports this. So you're going to see all of that happening, including the new moon on March 10th um, and the days around that. Okay, so March 25th is that Libra eclipse. We're gonna be feeling that a lot before and after. All of the Sages get to have kisses from this. If you are a Scorpitarius, so you're in um, the, that zone in November, you're actually having a chance to get the biggest kiss from this, unless you have some other Sag placement near five degrees. So if you know your chart and you have something else near five degrees, then you could also, like let's say you're a later degree Sag, like I'm a later degree Sag, but my Mars is at four degrees of Sagittarius. So my Mars is going to make this beautiful, um, 60 degree angle, which is the angle of opportunity with this, um, with this eclipse. So if you have a five degree, we'll say zero to 10 degrees. So basically that's in the whole November born zone. Um, then you may see extra outcomes from this eclipse. But again, if you're not in there, you still have a chance for all of these great things. Okay. So one more set of, um, aspects that I want to talk about has to do with Venus. Venus is my Grandma Marge. Uh, she is embodied. If you know my work for a long time, you know I talk about Grandma Marge periodically. If not, I will introduce you to my Grandma Marge right now. Sorry, excuse me about that. And she was one of my Italian relatives. She would grab me by the face, kiss me, 
give me money, give me a meatball, you know, tell me how wonderful I was, take me into a cozy house, it always smelled like food. And, you know, to me, that's Venus. It's very Venusian, you know, uh, care and nurturing and all of that energy. So we've got three aspects with, with Grandma Marge where we have chances in the days around the 1st, in the days around the 24th, in the days around the 28th, to have this, just this comfort, this sustenance, these blessings to relationships and finances, these blessings to aesthetics and self-esteem um, sprinkled throughout the month. We do have more nice aspects than that. So if you want to know about more of the aspects I love, other ones to watch out for, plus my write-up, um, my written summary of the month, go to AnnieHelpsYou.com, put your name and email address in there, you'll get the welcome letter. If it's after the end of January, then I have already sent out the March newsletter and you can find it in the archives. There's an archive link in every newsletter I send. Um, if it's beforehand, you'll just have to wait till the mailing at the end. And then you can do that there. Now, if you are a subscriber to my YouTube channel and you have not clicked the bell, I've been informed that if you don't click the bell, that you don't get me put into your feed. All right, so I've had people who are subscribed who don't always get notifications from me. Um, and I've heard the way to make sure that you get those is to click the bell. All right, and that's a good way to get all of the information. Now, let's see what else. Um, so if you go to anyhelpsyou.com, you can see all of my free things. I have lots of ways I can help you for free to learn about the stars and align with them. Um, books and, you know, all kinds of things. Blogs and all kinds of things. I also I have my main focus is astrology education. You can see I not only tell you what may happen, I always tell you why. And that's, that's my work is the why. Um, I'm an astrology teacher, so if you would like to learn astrology, then you can go to beastropro.com, beastropro.com to see my astrology certification course. And you can also um, use it to do astrology just for personal purposes. But if you want to earn money as an astrologer, that is my area of great expertise. I've been earning money as an astrologer for decades. Um, I've been unusually successful with it, and I know the rhythm of how to do this. So I'd like to share that with you. You can see that at beastropro.com. I hope you have a wonderful month, and I'll see you next month. Bye!